Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ by the power of Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, <clears throat> one of the joys of being oh, I'm retired from parish ministry, that means like I can, I'm still a pastor so I get around and do locum work like this and catch up with people like you nearly every Sunday because as you know now <laughs> there's many vacancies. But one of the things I have the privilege of doing is sharing the word, but one of the things I like to do is to encourage people to dwell in the word, to dwell in it. In other words, this is an encouragement to you, when you are reading the word for your own devotional life, read it out aloud. You're actually using another sense. And as you do, I guarantee Holy Spirit will give you one thing that catches your attention for your day ahead. One thing. Or you may come up with a question that you need an answer for. And so therefore, you might have to ring up a biblical scholar and ask for the answer. Or no, you might actually go back to the Scriptures and find the answer yourself to that question. So, guess what we're going to do this morning? I'm going to read a passage from Timothy. 1 Timothy, that Paul wrote to Timothy in chapter 1. And I'm going to read it very, very slowly. All right? I'm reading it out aloud in order for Holy Spirit to give you one thing that catches your attention for your life today. All right? You ready? Here we go. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. <clears throat> Even though I was once a blasphemer, and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, <clears throat> I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense. Patience. As an example, 
for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King Eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, if we had lots of time, we'd just sit in that for a minute or two to see what Holy Spirit gives us. That one thing that catches their attention. And then if we had lots of time, I would get you to share with someone alongside of you what you got. And guess what? They would share with you what they got. That one thing that caught their attention. And then if we had time, I'd get you to share what they said to you with the rest of us and they would share what you said to them with the rest of us. And guess what? We'd probably come up with about two or three key things that Holy Spirit is going to be saying to all of us collectively as the body of Christ. Get the idea? It's actually called a listening exercise. How we listen to Holy Spirit. How we even listen to Holy Spirit through others of what Holy Spirit gives them. Get the idea? You might like to try that. For couples, try it at home. Read it out aloud. See what Holy Spirit gives you and share with one another. Even if you're on your own, you can lift up the phone and you can read a reading over the phone and see what someone gets. It's actually quite exciting. It is. It's exciting what God gives us out of his word. Is anyone game enough to share what they may have got? I always ask. But then again, most people are too shy. Does anyone want to share what Holy Spirit gave them from what they heard from me reading that passage out from Timothy? There we go, we got someone. Great. Thanks, Pastor Wayne. I'm a big uh, proponent of dwelling in the Word. So um, the correlation between... I just had to get the text up on my phone to find it again. Along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So that tying between um, our Saviour and the faith and love in him, that connection, that strong connection. So that's... So how can you take that deeper now for your own life? No, no that's, a, that's another question for you. So what you get, how can you take that even deeper? What does it mean for your relationship with Father, Son and Holy Spirit? And then what does it mean for your relationship this way? And what does it mean then for your role in following Jesus to his voice with his message to others? Get the idea? So what you get... You can take that, and we could definitely expand on that, and hopefully what I share with you shortly might expand on that for you as well. You see how it works? It's really fun. It really is. Honestly, I'm not getting too many smiles from you folk, but anyway, that's all right. I don't mind. 
Anyone else like to share something they got? No? You're all too shy and bashful, aren't you? Well, you're family. You're all family, aren't you? Yep. Um, yeah, it, part of the, um, the text there talked about uh, Christ's um, immeasurable patience. And I think in the, yeah, I don't know, can't remember which part it was now, but so that struck me a bit too, um, that and he was, you know, Paul, Paul says that, you know, his, the Lord is immeasurably patient with me, you know, that, to show that, um, that you know, that, any, that anyone can be, can be saved, really. And, uh, and I guess the deeper application is, you know, for us to be patient with each other and perhaps corporately as our church here, that it, we need to be patient as we wait in this season for um, mm, another pastor. Hey, who knows? But perhaps that's what the Holy Spirit's telling me this morning. Cool, thanks. Thank you. So immeasurably patient. He is, isn't he? He's immeasurably patient with us and he's immeasurably patient with so many other people that don't yet have a relationship with him but still desire to have a relationship with others. It's precious, isn't it? See, just two little things there that we could actually expand on talk about a bit more if we wanted to. But I want to share some stuff with you um, that might answer a question you got or might fill in what Holy Spirit gave you. Now, no matter where I go in the Lutheran church circles, I meet people who forever being, uh, whoever are, forever ask me, so what's your story? Like, really, people want to know the details. Like, you know, where did I come from? I come from the Adelaide Hills. Where did I grow up? In the little town of Woodside, which has rather grown a bit by now. Who am I related to? Well, a lot of other Kerbers and a lot of Drendels. Um, you know, like, has that ever happened to you in the Lutheran Church circle? It's a small world in the Lutheran Church, I guarantee it. Like, I, 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 last Saturday I had the blessing, um, not yesterday, the week before, a blessing with um, good friends of ours in Victor, uh, Harbour and uh, a couple that came up from our Gambia, which we knew quite well do when, when I was serving down there. And uh, we went and visited a few wineries in the Langhorns Creek area. Nice place to go to visit and taste some nice, quite wine, good wines. And we got to uh, one winery and there was a guy serving us. We all sat down and he was serving, we're sampling a bit of wine and all of a sudden, he's a Lutheran. <laughs> Would you believe? Hey? And so we got discussing. We have a bit of a conversation. I'm finding out more about his story and I'm sharing my story with him and how it was a small world that we knew people in Brisbane and here, there and everywhere together. And oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, I'm getting a few nods. That's cool. It's fascinating that we're fascinated in knowing bits of pieces from people's stories from their lives and of course actually if you think about it in the world today it's the same the media runs with this apparent fashion about fascination as well I mean there's magazine articles isn't there and there's tv programs or dedicated to relating the lives of the rich and famous and perhaps not even the rich and famous it seems no detail is left out has that been your experience watching television shows or reading articles in magazines? Yes? No? Yeah, I'm getting a few nods. Good, you're with me. 
Seems though that nothing is sacred. Everyone has a story. Well, as we know, this applied to the Apostle Paul in this Bible reading today. From 1 Timothy, Paul lets us in on some rather intimate details of his life. And what we learn is that he it was a lot like, guess what, you and me. True. In fact, Paul's story, you could say, is our story. And it's a story of God's amazing grace. Isn't that cool you sang that before? Amazing grace and love. We're part like Paul, through God's grace and love, we too are being, what? Continually transformed to be a reliable witness and have been given a very reliable message to share. Get that? Daily transformed to be a reliable witness and have been given a very reliable message to share. You know, when I think about the Apostle Paul, actually, um, yeah, he's probably one of my favourites in the Bible, among many others, of course, but he's a pretty good favourite, and so much so that when I left the Gabba in Brisbane, they gave me a painting that, um, not Tyson, uh, which one was it, Stelzer, Robin Stelzer's son, painted for it us and it's a picture of the Apostle Paul as a um, Lego character. Really cool. It was really lovely. It was really, really, really chuffing. Anyway, that's beside the point, sorry. Um, he was Apostle to the Gentiles. He was courageous, bold and passionate. Those are the three words that come to mind when I think of Paul. Bold, what? Com- courageous and he was passionate about Jesus, about the word. It was impossible to the Gentiles, as we know, and much of the New Testament is filled with his letters that he wrote to the many congregations that God had established through him. Written to encourage them in their walk of faith with Jesus to be a reliable witness with a reliable message in their lives. Paul was a reliable, unyielding figure. He stood strong in the faith. In fact, he was imprisoned and eventually martyred for his faith in Jesus. And yet Paul tells us a little bit of a different story today, doesn't he? He tells the story of himself in the following terms. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. This was not for a lack of enthusiasm. He confessed that he was a Pharisee of all Pharisees that he was passionate for what he thought was the will of God. In his letter to the Galatians, he makes this confession. He says, For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how I intensely persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many Jews of my own age and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Notice Paul says that in spite of his enthusiasm, he was ignorant. He was an unbeliever. Yes, he had the scriptures. He knew them well. 
In fact, Paul was an exemplary student of Scripture. Yet his heart was hard. His eyes were blind. He failed to see Jesus for who he was. All of Paul's efforts to achieve wisdom actually resulted in ignorance. Hmm. You reckon that's a warning here for us, perhaps? I wonder. What are you enthusiastic about? Quite often we are enthusiastic for what we think is God's will. Like you become passionate for what you think God wants you to have and do. You become obsessive with things like perhaps your work, even your personal time, perhaps even your families. You pour so much of yourself into what you consider important and is it because you want to feel good about yourself? We want tangible proof that we're okay. Where simple is turned into obsession. Where pursuit of physical happiness becomes the goal where one tries to find their worth from. And just like the Apostle Paul, we can become ignorant with a misguided belief. We pour ourselves out in an attempt to look good, perhaps to ourselves, to our neighbours, even perhaps before God. Yet, do we become nothing more than ignorant and misguided people like Paul? Like Paul was before Jesus changed his life on that road to Damascus. And at the end of the day, what do we find? We find people tired and drained because they've poured themselves out with all the human effort they can find within themselves. And their eagerness to achieve what they think is important leads, to, leads them to ignore the greater things. Leading them to ignore God's word. To not dwell in it. To not meditate upon it. Or to trust it with all their hearts. They fail to trust God with their will, with their mind, with their lives. And in the process, they can become ignorant. And just think of the example we give to those around us. What impression do we give to our families, our friends, when we, they see that God's word is less than important in our lives? Where we hinder the proclamation of even the gospel by failing to let it shine first and foremost in our lives. Yet what amazing grace and mercy our Lord showers upon us. Even as we are busy living out perhaps our, sometimes our selfish desires and pursuits, God is just as busy pouring his mercy upon us. What did Paul say? The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. That is an amazing testimony of God's faithful patience and love and grace. Even perhaps as we are tempted to turn our back on God through our selfish and sinful ways at times, guess what? He still seeks us out. 
He pours himself out on us because he's merciful. And guess what? He fills us with good things. So any greed, selfishness that may motivate our lives is replaced with faith and love in Jesus our Saviour. And this happens as God reminds us of the love he has shown to us in Jesus. Where Jesus poured himself out for us on that. Pouring out his very lifeblood for us so that we might be his own. What a wondrous love Jesus has showered upon us and continues to do. So this amazing grace was poured out on the Apostle Paul. It transformed him from an ignorant persecutor to a wise gospel messenger. And that same message changed us, continues to change and transform us. And it transforms us to be a reliable gospel witness as well. And the gospel leads us to focus on Jesus, not ourselves. It leads us to pour ourselves out for him in response for his great love. The gospel message transforms us from selfish, ignorant people into loving, passionate people who go out to serve him. For through this gospel message, we receive the wisdom of salvation, where Jesus poured himself into our hearts and our minds by his word and sacraments. When did it first happen for you, though? When did it first happen for you, each of you, no matter what age you are? What's this? It's a baptismal font. When you were baptised, you received all that. Especially as a baby. Guess what? We've got a baptism next service. You beauty. Little posy, is it, I think? It's her name. She's going to receive all this grace and love and mercy of God in the waters of baptism when God's word is spoken over her and she's given a new beginning for her story. Even though her story started and God had her in mind before he even created all of this planet and everything else and this solar system and everything else, he had Posey in mind just as he had you in mind. That was her story right from then. And then that story changed when she was born, when she was conceived and born. And the story changes again today when she gets baptised. And that's your story changed then. And your story began anew in your relationship with Jesus Christ through the work of Holy Spirit who was given you then as well. Isn't it exciting to know? Does that get you excited? Hey? Jesus considers us worthy to be his disciples, his followers, his witnesses. Because he's poured himself out into it. In light of his grace, Jesus allows his love to be showcased then in our lives. Where we become his stained glass windows of love and grace. Do you get that? You're a stained glass window of God, Jesus' love and grace. You shine that through. Shining it out to all that he, to out all that he has given and done for us. That's how it's supposed to be in our lives. That's what the scriptures tell us. He's filled us up with gifts of his grace where our lives are to showcase his attributes, his love, his patience, his Okay, you can, you can fill it in the blanks. His life, suffering, death and resurrection are to be displayed in and through us. We are to showcase our faith in these truths, the truths that Paul describes as the fruit of Holy Spirit. What are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know all them, do you? Oh, you know I'm off by heart? I hope you do. Because that's what I want to live out. That's what I ask the Holy Spirit to grow in me every day. You know what? Just an aside. The Queen's died. Now she's kicking up her heels in heaven. Well, whatever she's doing in heaven with all those that have gone before her and us. And that's great to know because Jesus was the centre of her life. And there's statement upon statement about that. And I think that she, she understood what I'm saying today, what Paul's saying. She understood it because I think she lived it out pretty well. Did she fail? Yeah. But she lived it out pretty well. You might like to reflect on that. Anyway, back. God had plans for Paul, whether he knew it or not. He was lost, found, his life was changed. God had proven his mercy by fashioning Paul into a reliable witness. He made him into a stained glass window for Jesus. Then he went on to shine through him with all that Jesus had done for him. Because that's what Paul describes in his letters. He gave him the most reliable message to proclaim. The good news of all that Jesus is and has done. That's to be our message in our lives. Paul describes this good news with a single word, trustworthy. Here is a trustworthy saying, he says, that deserves full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Trustworthy means to be reliable. He is saying that the gospel can be trusted. This is the content of God's grace, which he has so abundantly poured into our hearts and lives. You can trust this message. It's not Paul's opinion. He didn't fashion this together on his own. This is completely God's doing where he showers us with his love and grace. And why? Because God is merciful and patient. And mercy means compassion. God has compassion on us because, yes, we fail him so often. We sin and hurt God. We disobey, we displease, we dishonour him. That's what sin is and brings pain to him. And yet he considers, he's what, immeasurably patient and he considers us worthy of his great love. Wow. And Paul confess, confesses this in his own life. I was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sin is Christ. Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. God is patient. Friends, he doesn't just tolerate or put up with us. He loves us unconditionally. And Paul says all this happened so that his life might serve as an example of our patient, our loving and gracious God is that God, gracious God deals with each of us. So Paul's story, friends, is to be our story. And what a story it is. And you know what? It's a story worth, definitely worth telling, isn't it? I reckon it is anyway. And we can share our story because like Paul's story, it's reliable. We can trust it. It's not one of our own making. It's what it's God's story of love and grace and mercy at work in our lives. The story of people who once lost, who once perhaps lost but found, who are often blind but now we see. We have a wonderful story to share, friends. And think of all the opportunities there are to share your story. Jesus' story. 
Actually, it's what Jesus has asked us to do, by the way. As Jesus was obedient to his father's call on his life, and as Paul was obedient to Jesus' call on his life, so too we have we to be obedient to Jesus and to Paul's encouraging words to share our personal faith experiences and, and the knowledge of the gospel with others, to share our story with Jesus, with others. And think about how you can do this. I'll leave that for you to work out. Could be on a plane next, next to someone. Could be in the shop. Could be somewhere. I'll leave that with you. Paul shared the story of his life with us. He admitted he was the worst sinner born and yet God still loved him. He shared his story and what did he, that lead him to do? It led him to praise God for who he was. He breaks into a song at the end of that reading. In praise, now to the King eternal, mortal, and invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Amen. You got a tune for that? We can sing it. Now to the King eternal, mortal, and invisible, the only God, be honour and glory forever and ever. Paul praises God for who he is in his life. Paul tells us that God is the complete opposite of us. Yes, God is almighty, and yet he loves us so much. And he is to be praised with honour and in glory by how we tell our story to others. Because the Bible says in another place, I think, that we are always to give a reason for the hope we have. You remember that passage? So when somebody asks, and just what's your story? You can say with the Apostle Paul, I'm a forgiven and redeemed sinner in Jesus Christ. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I pray Holy Spirit helps you to share your story with others today and every day that you are blessed with so that others too can come to know Jesus as their saviour. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Jesus by the work and power of Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. What's your story, hey? All right, we're going to sing. So if you're able, stand, and we're going to sing our next song, Christ is enough. Hey, how cool that?